Good morning, Christ Chapel. If you're able to, let's go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's just get ready to lift up and worship the name of Jesus this morning. the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your
I love, I was telling my husband this morning, I love how sweet Jesus is that we can come just as we are. Like, I feel like a lot of times I'm like, here I am again, I'm a hot mess, and I'm sorry, but I love you so much, and fix it, you know? But I love that we don't have to be perfect, and we can come to Jesus, and we can allow him to do the work in us. So that's so sweet. So whatever you walked in here with, you don't have to be perfect. You can come just as you are before Jesus, before your Father, you know, which is great because it's Father's Day. Um, also, I love the line that says, one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. And it gets me like crazy excited to be this side of heaven that we can proclaim the name of Jesus, that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm excited about that. I'm real happy that when Jesus comes back, that ain't going to be the first time that I bowed before him. So I just love that we have the opportunity to worship our Father. Jesus, today we lift up your name. You are so perfect. You are a good Father. On this Father's Day, Lord, we just thank you that you're our Abba Father. God, would you be exalted in this place? God, we ask that you would just move, that you would come and do what only you can do, Jesus. It's you that we need, only you. So we worship you and we honor you. Thank you, Father God, for who you are. In Jesus' name. Just 
think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call
Church family, we serve an awesome, mighty God, and He is a good, good Father. Now today we get to celebrate our temporal fathers, many of us. Some of us will miss them, some of us will mourn them, some of us may look back on memories they're not fond of, but I want to share something with you. Our God in heaven, our Father in heaven is a perfect Father. When I first came to Christ Chapel again and as an adult in 2016, that song, Good, Good Father, they sang it in one of the first few Sundays I was here. And I wasn't really sure why I was at church. I was just standing there, hands in my pockets, didn't know any of the songs. And that song, can, can I be honest with you? Is it okay? We got flaws with people, right? That song aggravated me. Because they're just really driving this point home. He's a good father. It's who he is. It's who he is. It's who he is. I'm like, I get it, man. Are we going to sing another song? Or is it, I'm nervous. Are we going to have an altar call at the end of service? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not even sure why I'm here. No bricks have fallen on my head. The building's still not on fire. I guess we're okay. I sing that song now. And I think of what he's brought me through. Where he has brought me to today. And I get it. I understand why you stand there and say it's who he is. It's who he is. It's who he is. He brought me through, believer. And as we look to Christ, as Lauren said, on this side of heaven, and we get to proclaim him, he is a good father. 
He sent his only begotten son to suffer my penalty, to suffer your penalty so that we could proclaim the name of Jesus and stand on that solid rock, that faith and that foundation. Stand firm knowing that one day he will come again. And with the great power that was is within him, the same power that he's going to bring everything in the world under his control, he's going to take and do away with this weak and mortal body and give me a glorified body like his. And I will go to be in his presence and so shall it ever be be. Amen. Praise God. Give him the shout of the Lord this morning. He is a good, good father. So whether you can look at your temporal father and think great things, or you look at your temporal father with not the best ideas, let me tell you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a father in heaven that surpasses all of that. All of that is dealt with. All of that is done away with. There may still be voids here, but there will be a day where the resplendent glory of the Lamb is so bright the sun is not needed, and there will never be sin nor sorrow in that place. So hold on, believer. We have a good Father. He is working everything according to His will and His purpose, and He's not done yet. If you're not dead, He's not done. Amen? Paul, he got stoned and got back up preaching the gospel. Then one day he was parted from his head. So you don't look at any enemy or any threat or anything that's going on in the world with fear. Because when he is not done, you got another day. And when he's done, you're done. There's no adding time to it. Believe it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God that we have such a good father. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We are so thankful for your son, Jesus. We are so thankful, Father, that you think of us, that, that you even know the insignificant things, every sparrow that falls from the sky, and that we are your sons and daughters, and we look to you, Lord, with faith and assurance that you are going to do the things that you said that you were going to do, that you are going to finish the things that you said will forever be finished, Father. As we move forward into the next portion of this service, Lord, let our hearts stay in a place of reverence for you. As we celebrate our fathers here on earth, Lord, let us continually be in awe in your, of your awesomeness and praise you, Lord. We thank you for this time together, Jesus. Amen. Family, let's go ahead and spread out and greet one another this morning. Just encourage those around you. Would you do that?
say of me that I loved my children and wife. Most of all, I hope they say I love Jesus more than life. And when I'm laid to rest. Life's journey I have trod. I hope my children will say of me, Dad was a man of God. Dad was a man of God. Oh, to be a man of God. Nothing more and nothing less It's not what I did or did not do But why I did it and for who I hope that they will remember me Simply as a man of God Simply as a man of God Gentle and kind. Most of all, I hope to lead a life of true behind. So when I'm late to rest, life's journey I have tried.
just made me cry so hard when I was watching it. I don't know if it had the same effect on you guys. Um, but I wanted to say good morning. My name is Kelly Wood, and on behalf of my husband, John, and the rest of our staff here at Christ Chapel, we want to say good morning and welcome to you guys. We are very glad that you are here with us today and that we get to worship together. Just a little bit of housekeeping first. Um, I'm wearing this lovely purple visitor's tag, and to our visitors today, I want to let you know, if you have any questions about our church, if you need somebody to help you walk to your car in the parking lot, if you need anything at all, um, need some information, first of all, you can stop at our greeting table. If you didn't, if we didn't catch you on your way in, we'd just love um, for you to stop by that table so we can put a gift in your hand to get to know you. But... Um, this tag, if somebody's wearing one of these, they're a good person to ask information. <laughs> so please um, be sure that you see one of us. Um, usually if somebody doesn't have this tag, they're working in the nursery or doing something where they can't leave that post. But if you see somebody with this visitor's tag on there, a safe person to direct you. So please don't hesitate to ask us um, what you need. We just want to be here for you, and we're so glad that you're here. Um, just really quick, just want to reiterate a little bit about the Father's Day that we're celebrating today. And I will try to be the silent crying, but guys, we are so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you for showing up for us. Thank you. Some of you guys may not be biologically fathers, but I watch and see the ways that you show up for other people in your lives. You show up for kids in this church. You just being here today. It just means so much to us and our families. We just count on you. Thank you for being the, the heavy sometimes in, um, when the wife doesn't want to be the bad guy about something. Thank you for taking that for us, <laughs> being the bad guy. I know with John, um, he is so much more and above what I could ask or think and a dad for my children. I prayed for that for so many years, and the Lord just overly abundantly you know provided for that and then I think about the the men um in my life who showed up and filled a void for me um as a dad they were godly counsel they helped fix things I just we appreciate you and um we just don't want today to go by without saying thank you um my kids always know they can count on uncle Michael and uncle Jeffrey you know to fix things in their lives too and um we are just so very grateful for you. Thank you so much. I didn't think I was going to cry Father's Day. But anyway, guys, if you would um, make sure as you're leaving today, we have a small gift as a church that we want to put in your hands. So if you don't mind, um, as you're leaving the building, we've got a place for you to take a picture. Please humor your wives. We just want one with you and the kids. And then we've just got a gift that we want to put in your hands. So if you would just stop by and do that, we would appreciate it. Um, that is all I have for announcements. We don't have an announcement video. But before we take up our tithes and offerings, um, I would just want to ask, uh, is the Brooks family here today? Okay. Guys, do you mind coming up onto the stage? Um, they are a family, of course, that we support and pray for on the mission field. And they are actually headed back to their post where God has them. And um, they're headed back after Father's Day. So they've had their time of, of rest and recoup and training and things that they've got. But they are headed back onto the mission field for a while. So this is kind of our last chance to see them in person. So I just wanted us to take the opportunity as a church to pray over them 
and uh, bless them and bless the work of their hands. You have no idea how much that covering of prayer means. We, if you can't give financially, please pray because that makes, I mean, it moves mountains. So um, we want to support the work they're doing, John. Okay, I'll have Tanner talk, and then if the elders and the staff will come up and we can pray over them. Hey, guys. Um, good morning, first of all. Um, yeah, Caroline and I, we head back Friday. We get on a flight, and we'll be back in Turkey Saturday once we get off the flight. And, yeah, we'll be back. Um, could be up to two years before we return stateside. It's kind of to be determined. But, um, yeah, like Caroline, like um, we just said, we, we do deeply long for your prayers and ask. Uh, there are just certain things that can't be overcome outside of petitioning the Lord and asking for His help. So we um, would love your prayers. But Caroline and I would just love to say thank you to you guys. Every time we come home and we spend time in the Christ Chapel family, we are uh, we just feel an immense amount of gratitude and love and just care for this from this family. So we just want to say thank you to you guys. We love y'all, and we're excited to... Uh, represents the body of Christ from this house in the Middle East for as long as the Lord would allow. Come down here and our elders, if you will come please, and uh, our staff and gather around them. Thank you. And we're going to pray for them. Yeah, just down here. Eddie, can I ask you to pray over them this morning? Just gather around this way, guys. Father, I want to thank you for bringing this couple, hmm, this trio, into our life. I want to thank you for the abilities that they've shown us in freely spreading your word here and Turkey, and wherever they go. Thank you for the boldness that you've placed in their hearts and the determination to be a good testimony for you. And Father, I pray because of that, you might put your umbrella upon them. Just shield them in a dangerous territory. Shield them, Father, so that they can be that testimony for you. In their hearts, when they feel discouragement, allow them to remember the cross and what you've done for them. Give them that boldness again to stand up for you. They're special treasures of yours. Thank you that we can be related to them and pray for them and benefit from their ministry, but also give a benefit as well to their ministry. Thank you for just bringing them into our church life. We love you, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church family, would you do this with me? Would you just stand and cheer them on this morning as they yeah. leave this Sunday? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. As we close this part of our service, we're about to have our times of giving our tithes and offerings. As the music plays, we've got our baskets here up front. I just want to invite you as families and individuals to pray over your giving at your seats before you come. And, um, and then Pastor John will come and pray and preach the word.
church family, um, as I prepared for um, this opportunity this morning, I had already emailed myself my sermon to print here and, and put it online, and I, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord uh, all during yesterday and last night as I lay on my bed. And those of you that are preachers, you understand this. It's like a soft dialogue sometimes when the Lord will talk to you about the next day. It might be, hey, let's emphasize this, or you'll have thoughts that are just so clear compared to just study and prep. They're two different things. And then other times it's, you know, John, that was wonderful preparation. That's for a later day. But I just want you to talk about um, this tomorrow. Um, when I was young, many years ago, that terrified me. Y'all weren't here for the beginning of the movie when I would uh, preach and my hand would shake holding the mic. That's why I went to a lapel mic so you wouldn't see the hand shaking. And to get up with no notes, uh, you know, is a, is a scary thing. But I felt like the Lord knew who would be here today. And um, you might not need a polished sermon but a poignant arrow today that makes it just unmistakably clarion message to you. And I, I want to talk to all of us, but especially our dads, and not in the hallmark sense, but in what that song said about being men of God. Anything less than that is missing the mark. Anything less than that is insufficient and weak. It's cowardly. Anything less, and the world can paint it, that you know, whoever's the most successful, whoever provides the better school, whoever provides the nicer clothes, and all those things, listen, God weaves that into a heart of a man to provide for his children and his family. I understand that. I, w I wouldn't give you 11 cents for a man that doesn't long to provide. But that's not the calling. That's the outworking of the identity. See, everyone that provides is not necessarily a man of God. But if you're a man of God, you'll long to provide. And to be a man of God, there's just a couple of things that have to take place, and I want to talk to you about that uh, this morning. Would you pray for me as I pray for myself? Really pray for me today. <laughs> so, uh, happy Father's Day, Lord. God, I ask today that you uh, anoint me with your Holy Spirit. I've done this a long time with you, Lord, and I'm way past trying to impress anyone or, or, or make their top three list. I just, I want to be faithful in your house. I want to preach your word with an unction from heaven and a clarity that reaches us. And it's inescapable. Let your word find us like light in a dark place, like water finding the lowest place. Let it reach us. Let there be a conviction that is so uh, genuine that it would make it mandatory that we make adjustments and change. Let the lights come on in the heart of the one who is deceived by religion or, or, or false, false doctrines. May the wayward come home and may the cowardly be encouraged. 
that all it, all that it takes to be a man of God is to be fully surrendered to that God. And I thank you for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can't be a man of God without being saved, born again. The Bible says in John 3 that he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. And the wrath of God abideth in him. Sadly, our churches are filled with men who have done church most of their life, but they don't know God. Many of them don't know the Lord. They have settled for a moral religion that constitutes the, the big things that they don't do. You know, I don't party anymore. I don't sleep around on my wife. And they think that that brings about salvation. Salvation is not a modification of behavior. Salvation is not the betterment of a man. It's a resurrection. It's a new birth. The Bible says unless you're born again, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. And a lot of men grew up in a generation where they said, just ask Jesus into your heart and you'll be saved. And that's not what the Bible says. Now, when a man is born again, the Spirit of Christ comes into his heart. Yes. But you don't invite Jesus into your heart. You repent of your sins. You repent. You call on the name of the Lord for that grace. When you hear the gospel message, it's not that God is amazed with you and God thinks you're wonderful and uh, God is impressed with you. It's that you are undone. Your sins have separated you from God. Your, your, your best expression of righteousness is like a filthy rag. And we're dead in our trespasses and sin. And so when a preacher preaches that and you're sitting in the congregation or on the stage and you go, well, what can I do? Nothing. The wrath of God abides upon you. And that soul that hears that about its, his spirit, the part that communes with God is dead. Dead in trespasses and sin. Under the wrath of God. That soul cries out to God for mercy. Oh God, that you would forgive me of my sins and that you would bring me back from the dead. And that person receives the invitation to life. And the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is applied to that person that calls upon the name of the Lord. And he is brought out of death into life. Out of a life. Out of darkness into light. And the gift of grace is his. That is what a Christian is. A Christian is not someone who modifies their life to adhere to the Bible. A Christian, he that believeth on the Son hath life. He that believeth. Now, let, let me uh, unpack that just a little bit. Belief is not a mental agreement with an idea. You hear people say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. You know, I, I believe. Well, the devil believes in Jesus. Which means I know he exists. You remember the demons that said, I know who you are, son of God. You're the holy one of Israel. Have you come to torment us before the time? A, a, a mental assent, an agreement to the identity and supremacy of Christ is not salvation. It is not the mental agreement, but listen, it's the firm, reliant, exclusive, continuous trust in Jesus for the well-being of your soul. Beginning at salvation and continuing on, which means I have grouped myself in the category of people that can do nothing for themselves that's not given by God.
so that it might be of grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. I have a firm, reliant, exclusive, continuous trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my, well, my Savior and my Lord. He is my King. I live in submission to Him. All of the things that flow from that are evidences of salvation. Some people imitate those expressions and feel that they are saved. No. No. Christianity is not an imitation. It is a transfer of life. We receive the life of God, the wind, the ark, the spirit of God. We receive the nature of God. We receive the mind of God. And in coming days, we're going to have receive a glorified body from God, and we're going to see Him as He is. But this pseudo-salvation, a life of modification, it tends to proud and arrogant people, which is the opposite of what a Christian is. The longer you live with Christ, you're not more proud of yourself. You trust yourself less and less. And our glory does not come in who we are, but in who He is. Christ the King, Christ the Lord, Christ the Savior, Christ the Confidant, Christ the Intercessor, Christ the Prophet, my Priest, my King, my all in all. I don't want my kids to say anything before that statement. Now, I'm going I'm to take you where demons fear to tread. This is too close to the truth. I don't want them to say that I was a good daddy before they say I was a man of God. My daddy loved the Lord. I want them to say my daddy was unashamedly, unashamedly a professor of Christianity in his faith. Unapologetic in his views. Bold. I want them to remember me as emotional, expressive in my worship. I want them to remember tears. I want them to remember confidence. I want them to remember boldness. I want the expressions to validate. I want them to say, I know this. My daddy loved the Lord. He needed the Lord. He was a man of God. Now, I'm not picking. I'm, I'm asking anything else is insufficient. Because if we're providing anything else first, we have said that that is more important than that which is secondary. Men of God. Men of faith. Men of character. Men of worship. Men who war. Men who show up not just at home, but at the house of God. Men who drive the bus, teach the kids, clean the floors, uh, mow the grass. Men who help the widows. Men, men who spend their life not doing the chores of the church, but they spend their lives for the glory of God. He came to Jesus and even mamas were getting involved, asking could the kids sit on the right hand and the left when Jesus comes into the kingdom and he said first of all you talking about a pregnant statement 
Jesus said, first of all, you don't even know what you're asking for. Well, that's for a later sermon. <laughs> he said, uh, the greatest among you is those that serve. Now, outside of the church, the greatest among us is those that serve their families. But inside of the church, if the man serves the Lord, he's going to serve the family anyway. But one brings glory to the man. Rightfully so. If he's living for his wife and family, then the glory is his. But if I love my wife and my family for the glory of the Lord, that's a different thing. It all boils down to motive. What's the motive? What's the motive? For my wife to adore me or my wife to recognize Jesus in my frailty and in my brokenness. You see? You must be born again. Well, Pastor John, I, I, I don't know that I am. I, one of the saddest things that I, I encounter as a pastor uh, during pre-marriage counseling as well as after being married, it, often the women that I'll ask, I'll say, well, is this guy a Christian? And they'll go, well, uh, I go, never mind. I always cut them off. Say, well, what do you mean? I say, you already answered. But, and they'll look at you just as blank. They go, no, no, I didn't. I say, yes, you did. Yes, you did. It's like these hearings that are going on. And Lord, help us. Uh, Congresswoman, do, 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 you, do you know what a woman is? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a biologist. Excuse me, I almost thought you said you don't know what a woman is. I don't. And this generation doesn't know what a Christian is. They don't. They think Christian means you go to church on Sunday. Well, Christians do go to church, but that does not equate Christianity. You know, they're not mothers now. They're birthing persons. If you put our brains in a bird, it'd fly upside down backwards. Are you a church man or are you a Christian? Going to church is a, is a wonderful expression and uh, it's an opportunity and I want to be here whenever I can. But going to a building doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to Burger King makes you a Whopper. But you'll find burgers at Burger King and you'll find Christians in God's house. I want to ask you point blank, if you were to describe your salvation to me, if you think or talk more about your part, you're probably not saved. Because you didn't have any part in it. Really. I mean, really, to speak of. Well, I called upon the name of the Lord. Uh, who do you think gave you conviction, which is the permission to repent? Who do you think drew you? No man can come to the Father except the Lord draw him. Who do you think revealed to you that you were dead in your trespasses and sin, that being the Word of God and the Spirit of God? How do you think you made the decision through your righteousness to call on the name of the Lord? How did you know to be desperate? How? Salvation does not come by the will of man, the Bible says. It comes by the will of God. And many of us were raised in a church that told us what to do to be saved instead of preaching to us our own desperation and our own inability to do anything so that we could call upon God in, in, in honesty to receive His grace and His forgiveness. You must be born again. What part did you play in your first birth? 
if you're going to be born again, you were at one day and time born to start with, born physically, what part did you play? Well, you, you inhaled, you know, you, they slapped you, you cried out, you, you, you played a small part, but not really. So it is with salvation. I, I've told you this story before, but it changed for me many, many years ago in, um, I think it was a Baptist church in Adel, uh, right around the net line, I remember that. And I was preaching in a Baptist church there, and I just preached the gospel. I mean, it wasn't come to church, be a good boy. I preached, you're lost. You're undone. You're dead. Dead people can't help themselves. How are you going to rehab a dead guy? So dead in the trespasses, I preached the gospel. I preached it. Nothing you can do. If God doesn't give you grace, you're done for. You, you can go to church your whole life. You can give your body to be burned if you've not been born again by the Spirit of God. That's an act of God from an intention of God to produce the will of God. You just have to be the recipient of it. So I preach, preach my little young lungs out. I mean, just sweating, preaching, get done, you know, and uh, do the altar call and turned it over to the chairman of the board of deacons. And, you know, I didn't go by the bulletin and I didn't know you're supposed to sing a hymn of invitation. So they sang it after I was done preaching, but we had to do it. You know, get done. Some of you Baptist folk know what I'm talking about. You had to, you had to do the bullet. You can't, and then you praise him from whom all blessings flow, and then you can go, and you, you get to leave, and you got to hit that note, you know. So I'm down at the front, and an elderly gentleman walks up to me. He was probably 80, sharp. Clothes a little dated, but he was sharp. Pressed, wide tie, a little light pastel color, you know. Had his little pins, you know, right here. Took his hat off. He said, sir. May I talk to you? I'm, Sir, you know, Papa here. Been in the church forever. And he, he, and I'm just paraphrasing for you, but he was so concise in his words that I've never forgot this. It's like it happened yesterday. With his hat in front of his heart, he said, my name is so-and-so. I think he was right at 80, if not 80-something. He said, I'm the chairman of the board of deacons. I've been a Sunday school teacher for these 45, 50 years. And he goes, and I realized today that I am not a Christian. Can you save me? And I said, no, sir. But God can if you will call on his son and abandon all that you've ever tried to add to it. And the man holding his hat prayed the most sweet, gentle prayer. He knelt down. He said, and God, forget everything. Forget everything. No Sunday school lesson, no anything. I am bankrupt in my soul. And if you don't save me, I will go to a devil's hell. Will you forgive me of my sins? And I watched this man who had been raised in the church, taught in the church, a deacon and elder in the church, a spiritual covering, and had never been saved. He knew the, he knew the scriptures, and he was moral. But he'd never been born again. When he got up, I helped him up off the thing, put his hat back on. He goes, thank you. And he walked off. And I was like, what meaneth this? This is the most beautiful. That's the power of the gospel. It peels away our self-righteousness and our reputation. Dead people don't have reputations. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Have you been born again? 
real quick before I let you go home. Are you still walking close with him? There are men in this room, women as well, that probably make many of their decisions based on who they were years ago now instead of who they are today. Is the light going out in your eyes? Is the fire going out in your heart? Is the passion waning? If overcoming was easy, know this, if overcoming was easy, there'd be more overcomers. But we must continue. The Bible said we are made partakers of Christ. Listen, if, if we hold our confidence steadfast unto the end. I know you don't like that. I know that doesn't fit how some of us were raised. And I know that doesn't fit our neat little uh, four-sided doctrines where once we're saved, we're always saved and we don't have to do anything. Listen, there's nothing you can do to be saved. But after you receive grace, the responsibility of what you do with that grace and that Christ is up to you. Well, no, God's never lost anyone. Even Jesus said, I've kept all that you gave to me except the one. And you're made a partaker of Christ if you hold the confidence of your faith steadfast unto the end. Is he still Lord? Not was he once Lord. Is he still Lord? Is he still worshipped? Is he still preferred? Is he still the final authority in your life? Josh, could you cue some of that music for me? Just If you remember a day, a season, that you loved the Lord more fully, served Him more wholeheartedly, prayed to Him more earnestly. I'm talking about blocks of time. Not, you know, life fluctuates. It has rhythms. But I'm talking about seasons. If you remember a season where that was more, then you're probably backslid from that. Can I tell you the key? Because the key to being a man of God is always come back to God. I can't tell you how many times I've turned back to the Lord. Sometimes I've turned away intentionally. Sometimes I just did it, I guess because I'm stupid or ignorant or just like floating in a river and the current takes you away. But the verse that drives me on today as I approach 60 years old and a papa of two 10-year-olds and an 8-year-old is if I will draw near to God, He will draw near to me. What an opportunity. What an invitation. What an excuse obliterator. All you got to do is draw near to God. Man, woman, child, male, female, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Mama, what's the first thing your children would say about you? Oh, my mama loves me. Yes, and it should be. But that's supposed to be secondary. My mama's a woman of God. You know why that grates against you? Because it grates against our flesh. 
Women of God are great mamas, but not every mama is a woman of God. Be the one that includes the other. Well, that's my appeal today. Are you a Christian based on the biblical example? Do you remember when you confessed your absolute inability to do anything for your soul and if God didn't save you, you were damned and he breathed in you the breath of life just like he breathed into Adam physical life. He breathed into you and you became a living soul. Your soul became alive. Your spirit was quickened. You who were dead, he has quickened and made alive. Well, I, I, I've always been a Christian. I meet men that say that. I've always been a Christian. I was raised in a church. No, 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 no. You wasn't always a Christian. Ask your kindergarten teacher. You were not a Christian. Trust me. Remember that boy you hit over the head with a 12-pound Tonka truck? He still has a little tick. You were not a Christian. I can't tell you how many men and women I've met that I've, I've always been a Christian. Oh, no, darling. You've been taught religion. You ain't always been a Christian. And if you're here today and you would like to say, and I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to ask you to single yourself out, but you, you need to do something to acknowledge maybe where you're sitting and say, you know what? I want to make my calling and my election sure. And God, I reject any form of self-righteousness that I've had. I reject, I turn away from my efforts. I only look to and have a firm, reliant, exclusive, continuous trust in what you did on the cross for me, and I add nothing to it. You got to make sure the lamb is spotless. You remember? It has to be a perfect lamb, a spotless lamb. And if you touch the offering for your salvation, it's tainted. It can't have any of you on it. It has to be Jesus and Jesus alone. Would you do this for me? Just bow your heads. Say, Pastor John, you didn't know I would be here today, but God did. And I'm asking you, Lord, to save me today with thy salvation. I take off the grave clothes of my mixture. And I'm calling on the name of the Lord today to save me from my sins and give me eternal life. If that's you, I want you just to slip your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now with everyone looking this way, won't drag the service out at just nine after. Are there any papas that just want to go on record today? And say, God, I need to rearrange. I got to tweak a couple of things. I'm asking you today publicly in front of my wife, my babies, my peers. Help me to have the courage and the character to be a man of God first. First. And if you do that, I believe God meets us with, with humble prayers comes divine enablement. God meets us there. 
Which of my men that's in your heart today and you just want to come stand around this front? Come on. Lord, I just, I get bumped off track. I get out of order. I forget. I make excuses. I rationalize. I secret sin or whatever. I just, I'm turning back. Help me, Lord. Help me to be the man, the husband, the daddy, the granddaddy. Somebody has to live it. Somebody has to love it. Someone has to know the way. Someone has to show the way. Someone has to go the way. Someone has to lead my babies. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Men, would you do this for me? I just heard it in my heart. Just, I want you to just pray loud enough for your, to hear yourself, but I want them to hear your voices. It's not for them, but let them hear the rumble of men calling on the name of the Lord this morning. Would you do that in this altar? Just lift your voice. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Yes, God. Help me, Lord. Help me, O oh Lord, to show my wife who you are. Show my babies. Teach them your name, your ways, your word. Belief in the supernatural. Fill us with your spirit, O oh God, I pray. That we might walk humbly before you and boldly in the world. Confident that the one that began the good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you have a papa in this altar, or a husband, or a father figure, I want you to just come stand with them here. Would you do that? We're going to get to the rest of you papas in just a second. This is how we're going to close. Y'all just come stand. Will y'all spread out, men? Would you just go this way and make room for your wives and babies? And the rest of you in the congregation, if there's a man that that to you it could be biological spiritual uh, stepfather or a father in the Lord I want you just to go to them where they are would you do that alright guys this is my favorite thing to do uh, 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 Father's Day and Mother's Day when we do this I want just in your own little ecclesia your church it could be just a wife it could be one child I want you to pray for them to be able to hear Pray for him about being a man of God. And Lord, we love him, but we need him. We need him stronger. We need him with deeper roots. And pray over him and, and thank the Lord for them. Would you do that right now? All over this building, would you pray?
church family, would you stand with us? Papas, would you give me just maybe 90 seconds? And I'm going to ask Brother Gerald if you'll come and dismiss. This is my opinion. In this last hour, the hardest job on the face of the earth is being a godly dad. Harder in that there's more, it's more complex. It's more weighty. The responsibilities are greater. Doesn't mean our life is easier. Because if God has a problem with the home, he talks to the man. You can do it, man. We've come this far. Not in the last lap. Let's not lose air or wind in the last hour. Let, you know, turn it, turn it up. Ratchet up. You know, our kids, they ain't gonna like the parent daddy. <laughs> you know, we I'm sorry. I, you know, I can just see it now in my little girls. You can't choose my friends. Oh, watch me. Yes. Yes, I can. I don't want you to like me. I want to be a man of God. And I trust that you like me after that. You know, we can make up with them when they're in their 20s. When they come around and say, you know, Dad, you were brilliant. You were smart back then. I'm proud to do this race with you. Now, having preached all I preached, I want you to go on record and hear me. My favorite thing in the world is being a daddy. It's my favorite. And the fruit of it will go on and on and on because the Bible tells me that a righteous man, God remembers his covenant to a thousand generations. You want to leave a legacy? Leave God's smile on your wife and your babies. Amen? Gerald, would you come? Thank you, sir. What an honor it is to, to be a father. And I was thinking, I'm sure glad that God didn't say he was our friend, but he said he's our father. And I've never had a friend like a father. And I think of Ezra. When Ezra said, bless the Lord, the great God. It's the great God that's our Father. That's who our Father is. Father, as we come before you, the Holy One of Israel, the one who created us, the one who woke us this morning, and the one who planned our salvation. God, may we hunger and thirst after you. May we be fathers that seek to know your face and that we'll not be content that you bought us, but that we'll hunger to be used of you, used in our families, used in our household, used in our workplaces as we go forth, that folks may say, we are the servants of the great God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.